Hi, I've got some things to say about how people live their lives. My basic theme is people mostly do normal things. They do things they're used to, they do things a lot of other people do, they do things that have high social status or that lots of people approve of. Often, people I meet consciously want to do other things. They plan to do other things. They say they're going to do other things, and then they never seem to get around to it. They forget. They don't prioritize it. Other things seem more urgent or important. So this happens with philosophy a lot. There are things they could do to make philosophical progress, and then they say they want to do them, they plan to do them, and they never happen. That's a really common scenario people have. They're better at doing things that are more socially normal, that they see more other people doing, that they get reminders about on TV shows, that are more integrated into their culture, that come up in more parts of their lives, that their friends talk about and remind them of. A lot of what they do is influenced by like what their friends will do. If you can't get your friends to do it, are you actually going to do it and follow through? Like, are you going to make new friends, or are you going to do it by yourself on your own initiative? Both of those are problematic compared to just doing whatever your current social group likes. Especially if you make online friends, then, like, are you going to stop having IRL friends? Are you going to stop hanging out with people and do fewer activities? Or are you going to have, like, two separate friend groups to manage? So that's a problem people have that turns them away from online philosophy activities. If they can find an IRL philosophy group, that works a lot better for a lot of people. This is all bad, and it gets in the way of being a rational person who learns things, knows things, makes progress. It's one of the obstacles people face, but they don't really talk about it and take steps to problem-solve it. I'm not saying every single part of it's bad, but the overall effect is bad and dangerous. If every part were bad, it'd be a lot easier. Just, like, forget it, go against it, rebel, um, throw it in the trash. You know, there's no baby, so you can dump out the bathwater. That would be easy. I mean, a lot of people still wouldn't do it, but it'd be a lot simpler. But normal lives, conventional lives, tradition, things lots of people do, are a completely mixed bag. There's good things and bad things that are popular. So you can't just throw it all out. You have to pick and choose. You have to use judgment. You have to think about, like, what parts you want to get rid of or change and what parts you're going to leave alone. Instead of just replacing a normal life with a philosopher's life, you have to think about how to make adjustments, how to fit the two together, which is more complicated. Some people don't realize that. They're just like, I'm going to switch. I'm going to be a philosopher now. And then it never really happens because it's too hard. It doesn't work with their life. They don't realize all the ways that their life has a hold on them um, for both good and bad reasons. People mostly don't want to discuss this stuff. They don't want to talk about how they spend their time or what they prioritize ahead of philosophy or why, what they do with their lives. You can talk to them about why philosophy is important and they'll be like, yeah, rationality, truth-seeking, these are so good, and if I'm acting without rational truth-seeking, then I'm probably just making tons of huge mistakes, and that's awful. And, like, you can get some people to agree to that. Like, not the majority of people, but of people who are interested in philosophy or fallible ideas or whatever, that's a reasonably common attitude. But then it doesn't usually go anywhere. So, for example, 
I suggested people do some goal and time tracking. Write down your goals and say the priorities of the goals. You don't even have to share this. You could just do it yourself. Um, and then write down how you spend your time, like every day or every week or something. You make some notes about what you spent time on. And then you categorize the time you spent by goal. And then you can look at, like, what percentage of my time did I spend on each different goal? And you can compare that to what you thought your priorities were. You can be like, oh, I'm spending a lot of time on this goal that I thought was a low priority, and I'm spending little time on this goal that I thought was a high priority. And you can find mismatches. Now, a mismatch does not mean, oh, I'm using my time wrong, I'm irrational, I just have to use more willpower to spend my time according to my goals. A mismatch means there's a problem, there's an error, there's something wrong, but you don't know where the error is, don't make assumptions, don't jump to conclusions. Um, if you're not spending time on a goal, maybe there's something wrong with it. Or maybe there's something wrong with the way that you're approaching it, like the activities you do. If you're avoiding it, it might be that you dislike something about it that's actually bad. Like you might have good reasons to avoid it. You might be doing something wrong so it's not productive. If you if you find it you have a bad time with it, um, there's an actual problem there that needs to get solved. So don't just force yourself to spend more time on it, but try to be aware of what's going on in your life. A lot of people literally don't even know what they spend their time on. Um, they don't know what their priorities are. They don't know what they're working on. If, if they actually knew what was going on in their life, if they were aware of themselves, then they'd be in a much better position to look for something that they really want to change. Like, oh my god, I, I'm really not happy about that. And, and then they could try to figure out what to do about it. Um, I've suggested people do this. No one said no. Some people have said, oh yeah, I should do that. That sounds good. That's really helpful, etc. Um, but then they don't actually do it. Like, no one, as far as I know, has really taken this seriously and done much with it. I don't think of the problem is that people don't have time, because some of them will spend a lot of time on all sorts of things. Like, people say they're busy, but busy just means I'm prioritizing other things ahead of this. Some people are, like, really, really busy, and that's, like, a major problem in their life, but a lot of people aren't. Like, they're not working 90-hour weeks. When people say they're busy, mostly what they mean is that they like the things that they do. They don't want to get rid of things they do, which is perfectly reasonable. But if, if that's how you feel, then you're saying all those things I currently do, I think are more important and more valuable than this other thing. So this other thing's just not that good to me. But people don't want to be honest. They don't want to say negative things. They're always like, oh, this other thing I'm not doing. It's great. I would totally do it if I wasn't busy. Uh, which is, which is not a rational, thoughtful, honest, introspective way to look at it. That is just making excuses and refusing to consider what your priorities are and why. Um, it's making it sound like it's just happening to you, what choices you make, instead of them being active choices where you're choosing other things over philosophy or reading or whatever. Anyways, and people also, they spend a lot of time on socially normal things that they're used to, that are part of their life. like. Some people are readers and some aren't. Some people read books, like, somewhat regularly and spend a decent amount of time on reading. Um, which kind of proves that, you know, like, most people aren't too busy to read. Plenty of, like, normal people with who are on the more busy side are able to read books. So, like, you know, there's a few people who are just, like, extra, extra super busy. Like, top 1% busy. And it'd be really hard to fit more books into their schedule. But... Most busy people, you could find someone who's, like, comparably busy, but they also manage to read books anyways. 
The point is, there's these socially normal things like reading books. Books reading is like a normal thing that our society supports. People like understand why you're doing it. People aren't going to be like, why are you reading books? That's weird. Like maybe a few subcultures will be like that. But most people like respect it as an activity. It's not that hard to find social circles where people either read books or they're in favor of reading books. Like there, you might have friends who like say they like reading books and they never seem to get around to it. But you can at least find that as opposed to like people are like anti-books. So if, if someone's a reader, then they'll often they'll come to FI and they'll read a bunch of stuff because they're already a reader. Like it's not a change in their life. They're just reading some FI materials or some FI recommended books instead of uh, some other book they might have read instead or some other blog post they might have read instead or New York New Yorker article or whatever. Like that's an easy substitution as just, uh, you know, to put some different things on their reading list. So people actually do that and it actually happens. Whereas like the time tracking thing, that's like not that normal and people aren't really used to doing that. So then it just sort of mysteriously never happens as a common result. Which it says a lot about people that how little conscious intentional control they have over their lives is they're just not very aware of what they do with their time and they have trouble doing something like every day, every two days, every week. I'm going to write down what I did recently. Like, often they don't remember even if they try to write it down. But they can't just, like, control, purposely do things on a regular basis very well in order to achieve a goal. Most people just have trouble with that, like a lot of trouble with it. And then they think they're going to, like, learn philosophy and be a great philosopher and know all the stuff, but they, they can't even organize their day and do activities in an organized, planned, purposeful way. So there's something screwy there and they need to like you know, recognize who they are and what their capabilities are and, and start working on that before they try to talk about quantum physics and uh, neuroscience and like complicated advanced shit. Anyway, it's not just reading that like a lot of people come to FI already being able to read things, but then they'll read without discussion because the way they're used to reading is they just read it and then they think they understand it and that's it. But they're not used to like writing about what they read. That's not what they normally do. So then they'll come to FI and I'll be like, if you read it without writing about it, you're probably not going to learn much. And then they'll read it without writing about it because that's their default thing. Um, they have trouble changing it or adjusting just because I explain. And they agree with and say, say, oh yeah, that makes sense. Even if they agree with me, it still doesn't change their behavior. They go back to their defaults. They forget. Um, they're just bad at having an idea like I should talk about what I read on a regular basis like every chapter. They're bad at having that idea and then actually acting on it. Just the same as having the idea of I'm going to do time tracking and categorize them by my goals um, to see what goals I actually work on and how much. Like they can have that idea but then actually doing it in their life doesn't usually happen. Uh, so we got a similar thing not just with reading. There's people who already listen to podcasts or they watch videos, they're big YouTube fans, or they like to watch Twitch a lot. Those are like common types of people already. So then you'll get people who will listen to my podcast or watch my videos, but they won't read much. Or there are people who like live streams in particular. And there's people who will only ask questions in real time chats. 
like they'll ask a question while I'm live streaming them, but they wouldn't just post it to FiList or post it on my blog. Some people like they only want to ask chats on Discord, questions on Discord, and only if like I've recently said something so they think I'm there, which I really do not appreciate because there's a variety of reasons, but don't direct your questions to me personally in general. Direct them to the community so anyone can answer. Um, that is a time saver for me. Like other people should answer questions too. They should practice that. Um, for most questions, there are many people who could answer it. You don't need me. Don't ask for my time. Specifically, I might answer your question. I, I'm happy to have the option to answer your question and answer some questions. But don't like wait until I'm active and then try to get an answer from me in a targeted way. Just ask your question whenever and let anyone answer. Anyway. So there's these common biases, like there are people who just aren't that good at reading. And they don't admit that or think about that, but they can't just like read a book a day for a month and have fun and enjoy that. Not just because they're busy, but because like reading isn't really part of their life. That sounds like ungodly hard or like just completely ridiculous rather than um, a reasonable thing someone could do. They like struggle to read a book a month. And there, there's so many like sub skills that go into this. Like a lot of these people have not used the dictionary very many times. So they're not like used to using it. It's not ingrained in them as a habit that you just look up words all the time. And their vocabulary is not very good. And it stays not very good. And then this makes reading worse because they're always reading words that they don't really know. And then they get confused and they don't even know what's happening. They don't realize they didn't know the word. They don't look it up. They just sort of guess what's going on. And they, um, they really downplay problems and don't realize things are going wrong. Anyways, another type of person who shows up is the debater. There are people who come and they like, they want to have a debate. They want to argue with you. There are people who find that fun and they're used to it and they've done it before. And there are other forums where you can debate people and get into arguments. So we, you get that kind of person sometimes. So they'll do that, but then what they won't do is uh, a lot of them don't want to follow up on something over time. They just want to have a debate, like, all on the same day. And as soon as someone leaves, the debate's over, rather than making an organized effort to reach a conclusion. And they do adversarial debates are really common. Instead of cooperative, it's hard to get them to switch modes to do, um, to be less biased and to try to think about both sides and, like, try to see where the other side is right and try to learn something instead of just arguing for your side. And they often, they don't want to read. So, like, I'm like, I've already answered that thing you just said, here's an article, or that's covered in this book, here's the book, here's, here's what chapter it's in. If you respond to that, they're like, answer me, like, argue back. If you know it, you should be able to argue. And like, they don't want to, they want me to like, rewrite short versions of books for them all the time, which makes no sense. The book author already wrote a condensed, polished version that they put a lot of effort into. Um, they don't know how to use the books in debates, like integrate them into the discussion. Like you go read some of the book and then you come back and say, you know, I was reading it and I got to this part and I had this comment and, and you can continue and you can go back and forth between the book and the discussion. They just want to like argue without using any sources and any background knowledge that's non-standard. And it's really hard to make progress like that with complicated things because you need a bunch of complicated non-standard background knowledge to get very far. Like you have to build that up. 
and I don't want to repeat myself all the time. Like I've, I've tried to write down some explanations of things so that I don't have to say them again so that people can just read what I already wrote. And people, a lot of times people's answer, it's kind of ridiculous. They're like, oh, you wrote a lot about that. So it's too much to read. So just write it again. It's like, if I write it again for you, then I'm going to add that to the list. And the next guy's going to say, wow, you wrote even more about that subject. So I really won't read it. It makes no sense. If there's a lot, just read some of it. Like, do you know how to do targeted reading and like skim for key points? If you don't know how to look through something and get information, and if you get like overwhelmed because there's too much useful information, that's, um, that's on you. Your, your study skills are inadequate and you need to learn how to sort through the material. If you find parts are repetitive, skip them um, if you can get away with it. If you miss something, it's, it's not a huge deal. Like if you if you make a few mistakes, like it's not a big deal. I can tell you, oh, I already answered that. Like you must have missed it. Here's like a specific part where it was and like link it to you. But if you make like hundreds of mistakes like that, um, you know, then it's sort of like dealing with someone who just hasn't read it at all. But if you make a few mistakes, if you're, if you're decent at it, but not perfect, that's totally fine. Anyway, if you want to have good ideas in your life and live a life guided by good ideas, that is not the automatic default. You have to take steps to make that happen. Those steps involve things like keeping track of what you actually do and whether you're doing steps. And it involves things like coming up with some goals. You want to learn certain things and coming up with some success and failure criteria, some way of checking whether you're reaching your goals or not. Um, fairly basic stuff like that. But you have to actually do that. And most people just won't do it. They don't keep track of what they do with their life and they just never get around to learning. Learning is something they're always like, oh, it's great. They pay so much lip service to it and they just don't do it. And that's what most people listening to this podcast are like. And it's very hard to talk to them or get through to them because they're when I talk about this stuff, they're always like, yeah, you're right. Good point. I'm inspired. And then they don't do it. And if they would, if they post regularly, if they'd be in regular communication where they talk about what they're doing, um, other people could call them out and keep them honest and say, look, you said this was your goal. And then this is what you said you did. And they don't match. Um, you know, they, but they could probably call themselves out if they were actually keeping track. It's not that hard. I mean, some stuff is hard and subtle and whatever, but a lot of people's problems aren't that hard. If you actually like look at it, examine it, um, and keep track of things, you can see the problem. So I encourage people to actually do stuff and use writing. Writing is the best. If you just think things in your head, you will fool yourself. You will lie to yourself. You will be biased. You will rationalize things. You'll make excuses. Um, it will not work. If you say things out loud, if you get the words out of your head, out of your mouth, even if you're alone in a room and you're not recording, it's a lot harder to trick yourself. And when you talk out loud, you will notice that some of the things you thought you knew what you're saying, and then you try to say it out loud and you get stuck and you like stop mid sentence and you realize you don't know the rest of the sentence. I think that will happen to you sometimes. Um, the thing going on there is not that speaking is hard or talking is hard or something. Um, is that your thoughts were not very clear in the first place and you just didn't realize it until you tried to put them into a more examinable form. Like once you say them out loud and hear yourself, it's easier for you to examine them and be self-critical and think about it objectively. Instead of just feeling like you know what you mean in your head 
um, you looked at the actual words more after you said them out loud and then you saw problems with them. The reason you have trouble speaking is not, yeah, it's not speaking, it's that your ideas aren't so good. That's why you're having trouble speaking them, mostly. Um, and then if you actually write them down, it's better than speaking. It's easier to examine, it's easier to see the flaws yourself. The problem is not that you're bad at writing. That might be a problem, but it's not the main problem. The main problem, if you have trouble writing down your ideas, is that your ideas are not clear in your own head. They never were clear. Just because they felt like they were clear in their head, and then you go to write them and they're not clear, they weren't clear. You tricked yourself. So you have to take steps to fight against bias and fooling yourself and so on, or you will never make progress. Uh, good luck. Use the discussion forums.